morning we're going to be looking at uh, Psalm 121. And Psalm 121 is called A Song of Ascents. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. But I'd like to read the psalm to you this morning, Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and of earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm, and he will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going, both now and forevermore. Well, a few weeks ago, I shared with you that I had the unique privilege of traveling to Israel um, with some fellow students and professors uh, from Kelvin Seminary. And one of the interesting takeaways for me from this trip uh, was an understanding of the geography of Israel. Before embarking on uh, this pilgrimage, uh, students were required to map out the various biblical sites uh, that we would be visiting along our journey. And I quickly came to realize how small Israel is. Uh, the entire country can be fit inside of Lake Michigan. But one of the things that baffled me when we arrived there was that no matter which direction people were in regards to Jerusalem, whether they were north or south or east or west, uh, they would always speak of going up to Jerusalem. And let me explain my confusion a little bit. When I say that I am going up to Gaylord or down to Grand Rapids, you would all nod in agreement. Like, that makes sense, right? Gaylord is up north and Grand Rapids is down south. But when we were in the northernmost part of Israel at Tel Dan, uh, people would still say that we would soon be going up to Jerusalem, even though the city was to our south. Well, it was soon pointed out to me that Jerusalem, the city which God designated as his dwelling place, uh, we see that in like Isaiah 8 verse 18, is indeed a place to which one must ascend. Uh, the Mediterranean Sea, which is sea level, and that lies 30 miles to the west, uh, and then there's the Dead Sea, that's only about 15 miles to the south. That's nearly 1,300 feet uh, below sea level. And if you've been to the Willis Tower in Chicago, uh, those little glass ledges that you stand on, they're about 1,300 feet above ground. So Mount Zion, or the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, is about a half mile up in elevation. So basically, there's one thing that everybody knows, that when you're going to Jerusalem, you're going up. <coughs> Excuse me. So Psalm 20, 121 is it's the second to be found in the 15 Psalms of Ascent. And one commentator writes, well, certainly it's not possible. It's likely 
that this collection was originally used by pilgrims on their way to Jerusalem, or as part of the festal celebration in Jerusalem. So he also writes that these psalms are also short enough to be memorized, and they contain several references to everyday life, implying that these psalms reflect the experiences of everyday people traveling or arriving to Jerusalem. So what he's saying is that if you're on your way to have a big food festival, you're going up. So when the psalmist says here in Psalm 121, I lift up my eyes to the mountains, where does my help come from? It makes sense that no matter which direction the psalmist lives in, he is referring to Jerusalem. And his journey is going to require him to go up this rocky terrain. So he will surely feel all the effects of an uphill climb, you know, shortness of breath, weak legs, tired back, thirst, discomfort. The beating sun will quickly take its toll on this journey, and the sweat from the heat of the day quickly turns to cold moisture upon the skin as the moon replaces the hot sun. So one minute you're sweating, and the next you're cold. Uh, but as these pilgrims make their way up the mountain together, they're reciting these verses in unison, reminding one another, he will not let us slip. He does not sleep. And when he asks, where does my help from come, come from? He is looking up to the mountains, to the place where the bales and the Asherah shrines lie. Is this the place where his help will be found? Will those distant gods that seem so difficult to reach keep his feet from slipping? Many of us, like the psalmist, have asked questions, but even more than that, we have tried to place our confidence in the false hopes of this world. Sometimes our confidence comes in the familiar, in what we know and feel, and that we can place within our control. I take care of the checkbook at our house, and my husband tells me uh, that he never worries about our finances, because thankfully for him, I worry enough for both of us. How nice. But I think that my lack of confidence and God's protection and care, uh, that really set in for me probably about the day that our first child was born. You know, that was when the word worry became a reality in my life. Because, well, that's what moms do. We worry. I, I love to travel. I love the thrill of adventure. But the joy of our first child probably stole away some of my carefree spirit. And that reality became all too real to me um, as I started to think about traveling to Israel a few years ago. Uh, I made the decision to embark on this trip for one pretty strong reason. Um, I actually could have received more scholarship money if I had waited a year or two to go on this trip. Uh, but there was a security blanket I would not have been able to replace if I had waited. Uh, my closest friends in seminary were going. And I knew that I wouldn't be able to, I, I wouldn't be brave enough to travel in a different year on my own. 
And before I took this trip, I, I can't tell you the number of times that I would lay in bed and I would tell the Lord how I just couldn't wait to be with him. The thought of heaven, perfection, not having to live with the ugliness of my own sin and brokenness, that was really appealing to me. That all changed though, when I started thinking about leaving my family behind and going to Israel. And I realized that the fear within me of, of never seeing my husband or my boys again, uh, that became all too real. And I would say almost paralyzing. And, and the new reality for me was that I could no longer pray this prayer of wanting to be in eternity with my maker. Because the reality is, is that, that I'm really not ready to leave my loved ones behind. Oswald Chambers puts it better than I can. He says, it's not easy to have faith in God. And it's not meant to be easy because we have to make character God will shield us from no requirements of his sons and daughters more than he shielded his own son. It's an easy business to sit in an armchair and say, oh, oh yes, I believe in God and I believe that he will do this and I believe that he will do that. That is credulity, not faith. But let me say, I will I believe God will supply all my needs and then let me run dry. No money, no outlook, and see whether I will go through the trial of my faith to sink back and to put my hope and trust in something else, to place my confidence elsewhere. It is the trial of our faith that that's what's precious. If we go through the trial, there is so much wealth laid up in our heavenly banking account to draw upon when the next test comes. So what he's saying is this, it's, it's one thing to say, yes, God is my guardian and he's my protector, but it's completely different when those words become reality and I lose my job. And Oswald Chambers he understands me lying in bed saying, I just can't wait to be with you, Jesus. But when the rubber meets the road, I've now got real stuff to deal with. And God didn't spare his own son from the requirements of the faith. And he surely will require us to test where it is that our hope comes from. Think of all the trials in your own life that have built up your own heavenly banking account. Moments when God has taken your breath away, when your legs have been taken out from under you, when you have felt the thirst of wanting to know that Christ is near and all that you're left with is a great amount of discomfort and wondering where your protector is in those moments. A fellow student at seminary wisely pointed out that the Psalms are, they're much like Facebook. You know, Facebook is the community where we share our personal Psalms, our joys and our thanks, as well as our fears and injustices, our prayers and our tears. And this thought came to mind to me, for me, you know, it, when we think about that, this, at, you know, at first Facebook, I don't know if you remember this, but years ago, it only allowed us one emotion to respond. We could only hit the like button. 
But Mark Zuckerberg, in his great wisdom of the Psalms, I, I'm sh quite sure that's where he got this idea, he includes all of our necessary emotions into the Facebook world. We can now like, and we can love, we can put a ha-ha, we can wow, but we can also express our sadness and our anger. We can share one another's burdens and praises, and we can add emoticons of almost any kind. Now, it's really nice to hit a little button and encourage and empathize with others on Facebook, but it's nice to know that God has given us so much more than just the click of a button. Because you see, Psalm 121 gives us another emotion to add to our Facebook repertoire. Confidence. This psalm is the second of 15 ascent psalms, or psalms of pilgrimage, and this specific chapter is based on confidence, or hope, as we look at today. Confidence in a God who watches over his people. How do we know that we can have confidence? Well, there is one verb, shamar, used in this chapter six times to emphasize God's protection. The protector, he does not sleep. He is our shade who will protect us from all harm and he watches over our life for forever. In every aspect of life, from the time the sun comes up to the time that the moon hangs in the sky, he is ever watching over his people. This is the same verb that is used in number six, verse 24, which pastors have spoken to churches over all the ages. The Lord bless you and protect you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. And notice while the psalmist starts out this psalm speaking about himself, I lift up my eyes, where does my help come from? He quickly goes on to include those walking beside him on their pilgrimage in his uplifting words. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you, he will not slumber. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. So here is God telling you, he's got you. I will be your protector. The psalmist gives voice to the traveler at risk. The psalmist is writing to anyone who walks up that road and on the journey. He is whispering the secrets of the guardian. He walks in the community of the Israelites, each one knowing that the Baal and the Asherah poles atop the mountains are sleeping. But if you are serious about help, there is one who protects, whose presence cannot be held by a mere mountain. This one does not need to stop and rest, to find shade, or to take a long drink of water. Rather, there is a God who knows everything about us and yet takes us just as we are. This God is above all our humanness and the physical elements of this world. God is the firm footing for those on their pilgrimage, and he provides confidence and fills lives in a way that Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg will never be able to give us today. 
There's probably not a one of us here who doesn't feel like our feet are slipping. But we know that Christ will not allow those who place their trust in him to slip from the rock of the ages. Matthew Henry reminds us that wherever we are, whether at home or abroad, we're exposed to more danger than we're ever aware of. And this psalm directs and encourages us to repose ourselves and our confidence in God. And by faith, to put ourselves under his protection and to commit ourselves to his care, which we must do with an entire resignation and satisfaction in singing this psalm. There's a little book called Unto the Hills, And in this book, uh, the writer writes, not many of us are living at our best because we linger in the lowlands because we're afraid to climb into the mountains. The steepness and the ruggedness, they dismay us. And so we stay in the misty valleys and we do not learn the mystery of the hills. We do not know what we lose in our self-indulgence, what glory awaits us if we only had courage for the mountain climb, what blessing we should find if only we would move to the uplands of God. I was talking to my Uncle Jim. Uh, We had our Thanksgiving party here at Rehoboth on Thanksgiving Day, Uh, and he shared with me how he is a part of the Gideons, And they meet every Tuesday morning for coffee. Uh, And he tells me that he is the young guy in the group. So they will often talk about this word called graduation. And someone will share from that week, well, you know, Clayton, he's no longer with us here. He graduated this week. You see, graduations for the Gideons are for those who are now home with the Lord. Graduation, what a beautiful picture of glory that is. Years ago, I I attended college in Pella, Iowa, and it's about an eight and a half to 10 hour drive out there. And the variance in time depends on whether your parents were driving you or if you were riding with a fellow student wanting to get home. And at one point, my dad said to me, you know, I don't worry about you when you are traveling and you're far away from home because I know that if anything happens to you, I can be confident in where you're going. And my dad knew that no matter what direction I was traveling, north, east, south, or west, that eventually we would be going up. And hope in anything less than this is a hope that comes from false confidence. Resignation, mountain climbing, character building, God is chiseling out his plan for us and our eyes were made to look up to our savior. God created us with feet that are meant to move forward. So go ahead and pray big prayers. Dream big dreams, plan big trips, place your hope fully in him and step out in faith.
God will watch over you when you step outside your door and he will see you to your heavenly home. Would you please pray with me? Lord, we lift our eyes up to you today. Up to you, Lord, our only hope is you. You are the maker of heaven and earth. Keep our feet from slipping. Watch over us day by day. Show us where our faith and hope falters. May we rest firmly in you. Amen.